0: is the federal government systematically dismantling the freedoms that are the foundation of american democracy we'll discuss it with fox news judicial analyst andrew napolitano and a mid-east peace summit begins in annapolis we'll discuss its prospects for success this is jerry johnson live from Criswell college join us as we look at today's news from the christian worldview for christ and culture
1: mr gorbachev
2: Tear down this wall. It's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is is. Yes.
0: president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. I understand the game of build-up, and I understand the game of takedown, and we all go through it, and I'm perfectly willing for you to do that with, with regard to me as you do the other candidates.
1: All right, that's former Senator Fred Thompson. He's criticizing Fox News for building him up. That is before he announced he was going to run for president, and now taking him down and critiquing Fred Barnes and Charles Krauthammer, and saying that they're uh, they're attacking him now. But the interesting thing is, the gloves are coming off everywhere. I'm looking at a headline, Obama in Iowa, the gloves coming off. He goes after Hillary on credibility, on electability, on the Clinton record. So you've got the Democrats fighting one another, the Republicans, Giuliani, Romney, and Thompson, all fighting one another today. But the, the most important thing, the issues. We're going to talk about Thompson on guns, Thompson on taxes, Romney on abortion. That's coming up in just a minute, Penna.
4: It's turning into a real political campaign, getting a little bit exciting here, Dr. Johnson. Another question we're going to ask of one of our guests is, has the war against terrorism taken away some of our rights? Is the federal government using the war as an excuse to sidestep the Constitution? What can be done to stop a government that seems to want to tax everything in sight? And also what presidential candidates are going to best protect our freedoms? We're going to ask these questions of Judge Andrew Napolitano. He's a Fox News judicial analyst. And maybe we'll ask him also whether Fox News is trying to
1: take Thompson down. Napolitano's new book, A Nation of Sheep. Mm -hmm. Are you a sheep? Beware of the wolves. We're going to find out what he's talking about there. But uh, who are you rooting for? In fact, I'll take some calls here for about five or ten minutes. The number is 800-881-9270. Are you for Thompson, Huckabee, Giuliani, um, or Hillary, Obama? Give us a call, 800-881-9270. Tell us who you're for and why. We'll take those calls for about eight to ten minutes just now. But there's big news at the White House, and that is a Mideast summit. There's always been... Trouble in the Middle East, as long as we can remember in recent history, and every president has tried to bring more and more of a a negotiation uh, to bear. President Bush is hosting a summit, and he said Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has done much to get the peace talks with Israel back on track. Thank you
3: for uh, working hard to uh, implement a vision for a Palestinian state.
1: I'm not so sure we can have a Palestinian state and uh, the state of Israel side by side. I'm not so sure that we can divide Jerusalem. In fact, we're going to have Joel Rosenberg on later uh, this week uh, to talk about uh, the Middle East and um, uh, that crisis. Sometimes
4: it just seems to be an intractable problem. And uh, today, Bernard Lewis, who is an expert on the Middle East, Princeton scholar, Princeton professor, actually, uh, wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal talking about, well, what is this really about? And you have to decide whether it's about the size of Israel or about the existence of Israel. If it's about the size of Israel, then you can have a summit like it's going to happen and perhaps some compromise and come to some kind of agreement. But if it's about the existence of Israel, and there are a lot of folks in the Middle East who want to wipe Israel off the map, if it's about that, then Israel can't compromise away her existence.
1: Larry, let's skip to soundbite number eight, because I think retired Marine General Anthony Zini, he's the former commander of the U.S. Central Command. He's a special envoy, has been to that region. He said on CBS's Face the Nation, uh, here is the real issue.
0: Everybody's weak, so they are coming to the table uh, really seeking uh, to have some resolution. I think the danger here is is not in that you might not get an agreement. You can paper the walls with the agreements we've had so far. It's implementation.
1: All right. I think the Israelites, uh, Israel, they, the Israelis, I'm using biblical language, mm-hmm. but they have made concession after concession, mm-hmm. and uh, these terrorists just keep attacking. And um, I think Zini's right, implementation. People have to own up to what they agree to. And so far, the Palestinians have not been able to do that. They can't even run the government they have right now. And so we'll watch, we'll wait, we'll see. We want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The Bible says that. But um, we will see if they are willing to peacefully coexist with Israel. We can only pray and hope for that. But there's good news coming out of Iraq. Here is Republican presidential candidate John McCain on ABC's This Week. He says... We are winning in Iraq, and it's certain now.
3: Clearly, it's succeeding. You would have to suspend this disbelief to believe that it's not. Look, now the same people that seven or eight months ago were saying the military situation can't, you can't succeed militarily. We've succeeded militarily.
1: Okay, he's saying we have succeeded militarily, and he said those other people who said it couldn't be done. What are they going to say now? He's mainly talking about the Democrats. Up and down the line, the Democrat candidates have said, the war is lost, we can't win. And uh, now McCain and others saying it is won. The situation has turned around drastically. And we want to know who you're supporting for president of the United States. Is it McCain? Is it Obama? The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. We've got Carolyn on the line. Carolyn, thank you for calling. Uh, Carolyn, what's your view?
4: Well, um I Frankly, I'm quite glad that the uh, top-tier guys are really fighting it out because uh, I'm voting for a second tier.
1: Who is that? That's
4: that's Duncan Hunter.
1: Duncan Hunter. Tell us why. Why do you support Duncan Hunter?
4: As as the regional uh, director for his campaign for the southern states, I can tell you that we're gaining lots of momentum for the illegal immigration issue and also pro-lifers because they do not like uh, Fred Thompson's track record on the pro-life and Roe versus Wade issue, and uh, Duncan Hunter is really the most accomplished on illegal immigration and the border fence, And those really seem to be the, the two uh, primary issues. And we have picked up a lot of supporters from those from those two groups. You know, it is amazing to see how high up on the list of issues that are important to Americans, and I think a lot of Americans, is this issue of illegal immigration. I think a few months ago, we wouldn't have thought so until the whole debate over comprehensive immigration reform took place, and you saw public opinion just explode over this issue. So it is important, and Duncan Hunter certainly is strong on that issue, especially on the
1: border. All right, we're moving on, and we've got the... the Line's full now. Who are you supporting? We've got Wayman on the line from Dallas. Wayman, thank you for calling. Who do you support and why?
4: Jerry, Wayman Devose.
1: Uh, hey, Wayman. Uh,
4: Th- uh, Thompson, I-, I like the way he talks. Uh, theologically, I don't know how he's going to come out on the important issues, uh, but I understand that Huckabee... Uh, graduated from uh, southwestern uh, seminary and so i'd like to think that he is solid theologically and i heard the opinion voiced recently that
1: he may very well be electable if so uh he may be he may be the number one choice but i do like what i hear from Thompson. hey thank you wayman so much for that call let's move on to david from ralette david what's your view well,
2: uh, Jerry, I think that if we're looking at the Christian worldview, uh, kind of agree with the last caller there. I would have to go with uh, Huckabee. Uh, I think he represents what us as you know believers and Christians, and and we have to consider that when we're voting. Uh, I know separation of church and state and all that, but you know, as a believer, we have to consider those things when we go into the uh, voting booth. and right now, I would say that uh, you know Mike Huckabee is the one that comes closest. Uh, to the Christian worldview as an all-around conservative and Christian.
1: Hey, thanks, David. Well, he's certainly surging. We played that uh, Chuck Norris, Walker, Texas Ranger endorsement last week, and he's getting a lot of local endorsements. We're going to play some Fred Thompson in just a minute. But, Penna, there was an interesting article written about Huckabee In the Washington Post, they actually called him the false conservative. Tell us about that article. Do you think it was fair, your assessment of it?
4: Well, it's by longtime political pundit Robert Novak, and he's somewhat conservative on things. And uh, he is less of a social conservative than an economic conservative. And he says that Huckabee is not an economic conservative. The quote is, he does not fit within normal boundaries of economic conservatism, such as when he criticized President Bush's veto of the S-CHIP uh, health insurance program. So people worry whether he's going to be a taxer, whether he's going to be easy on Ill, uh, illegal immigration because of some of the things that he did during his Arkansas governorship. The Club for Growth, who watches these things, has been uh, critical of him, and Huckabee <laughs> shot right back at them and called them the Club for Greed and talked about who was funding them. So it's a very interesting uh, debate that we need to have about him. But our Our listeners certainly seem to like him, and he is, you know, right theologically. I mean, he's a Southern Baptist uh, ordained minister. All
1: right. This is our last caller in this segment. We won't be able to take any more calls because we've got Andrew Napolitano, the judge, coming in just next. But Charles on the line from Dallas. Charles, thank you for calling. What's your view?
2: Well, I kind of like Huckabee, and I like
3: Duncan Hunter. I prefer Duncan Hunter, but I'm afraid he's not electable.
1: What's your favorite and, uh, thing about... Huckabee,
3: uh, the only thing, I, I'm, I'm nervous about this
2: making a big deal out of him being a Christian, because I remember uh, uh, with, with Jimmy Carter, they made a big deal out of that, and I, I know how
3: terrible thing that turned out.
1: Well, thank you, Charles, for that insight. We've had others on the program say essentially the same thing. Uh, Judge Pressler down in Houston said... Uh, The Huckabee administration in Arkansas was not noted for conservative Mm -hmm. appointments. Phyllis Schlafly and her group says the same thing. But let's go to Fred Thompson because um, he has kind of gone on the attack in his campaign. And here he is in South Carolina really criticizing Rudy Giuliani on the issues.
0: I just pointed out that he never met a gun control bill he didn't like uh, until he uh, started to run for president.
1: Okay, and and Thompson just you know pressing down there on an issue that's going to be popular in the South and with conservatives in general that is gun control. Giuliani has supported gun control. Uh, Thompson would be opposed to any kind of gun control. Strong on the Second Amendment. Here is uh, let's skip over to number three, Larry. Here's Fred Thompson on Mitt Romney and abortion.
0: Until about two years ago, when he decided he was going to run for president, uh, Governor Romney was the most adamant pro-choice advocate uh, that
2: I've ever seen.
1: Okay, so he's saying, look, Romney on guns, I mean, Ro- I mean Giuliani on guns, and Romney on abortion. Both of them sounding more conservative now, sounding um, more Southern mm-hmm. now. But uh, Thompson's saying the way they governed, the way they governed was to the left. So he's saying, look at the record. He's saying, look at at my record. And then he came out to say, look, I've got some economic proposals, and here he is on a lower tax rate. We have the
0: second uh, highest corporate tax rate uh, among our competing uh, partners. Uh, It's hurting us competitively. We're probably losing revenue uh, from it.
1: Okay, so Fred Thompson has presented a a tax proposal to save Social Security, to eliminate the so-called death tax, the estate tax, and uh, many other proposals. And Investor's Business Daily has said he's actually done the best job presenting an economic conservative package. And uh, we've got some more sound we might play later in the program from him. But uh, we're going to keep watching this again. Uh, Republicans fighting each other, Democrats fighting one another. And um, we've got, in January, these primaries coming up. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Well, coming up, are we a nation of sheep? We're going to talk to Judge Andrew Napolitano. Are you allowing big government to take away your First Amendment rights? We'll find out when we come back. You heard the discussion. Because we've talked about a lot of the problems, but we want to transition now to practical solutions. And the solutions. Check their content, you check their conduct, and you check their converts.
0: Now hear it all again, anytime. KCBI's town hall meeting, the battle for truth. Beware of false prophets. Nobody likes controversy, and yet there's some things worth fighting for. This exclusive presentation is available in a two-CD set. It makes a great resource for you, a friend, even a church library.
3: And I think what we need to do is we need to preach the
0: truth. To order, call anytime, 817-299-4247 and follow the prompts. I have no problem with people teaching that God wants to bless them. The battle
2: for truth. But when it just comes to that one issue right there,
1: you know, it's either put up or shut up.
0: It's a month long focus here on CRN, the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
1: Are we a nation of sheep? Are we allowing the government to take away our freedoms? Well, that's what Judge Andrew Napolitano says. He is a Fox News commentator. You've seen him on O'Reilly. He has his own radio program, Brian and the Judge. He's a Princeton University graduate. Welcome back to the program, Judge Napolitano. It's
3: a pleasure to be on with you, Jerry. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. This title is fairly provocative, A Nation of Sheep. Are we a nation of sheep? Why the title? What are you concerned about?
3: Well, you know, when the, when the American public falls into the habit, either out of laziness or fear or misplaced trust, of permitting the government, either directly or indirectly, either in our face or below the radar screen, to take away our freedoms... Because the American public accepts the satanic bargain, hey, give me your freedom and I'll keep you safe, we have a serious problem. Example, the Patriot Act, which was passed overwhelmingly by the Congress twice, in which the president touts as a vital tool uh, in the war on terror, permits FBI agents to write their own search warrants, bypassing judges as required by the Constitution. Now, we fought a revolution in large measure, Jerry, because British soldiers were permitted to write their own search warrants and bypass British and American judges. And we wrote a constitution and put in a Fourth Amendment, which absolutely prohibited the government from doing that. It used to be that if there was a door, a knock on the door in the middle of the night or at three in the afternoon and an agent showed up with a warrant that had been approved by a judge, the judge had looked at evidence in the case and decided that it was more likely than not that the person to be seized or the things to be searched represented evidence of criminal activity, but not so anymore, where FBI agents can willy-nilly write their own search warrants. And now, I wait a minute. Say,
1: now, yeah. a lot of conservatives supported the Patriot Act, but uh, and in the name of preserving national security, but you're saying, for instance, if we have someone like Janet Reno running the show or Hillary Clinton in the White House, these same measures could be used, um, really, to, to go after conservatives.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean... And I want to tell you another damning thing about the Patriot Act, but your point is right on the mark. And I say this every day to my friends at Fox. You are willing to give this power to George W. Bush because you know him and trust him and you like him. Look, I know him and I like him. I have a picture of him kissing me during the campaign before (laughs) I was at Fox full time. But would you give this power... This unfettered power to his predecessor, would you give it to his successor, especially if she has the same last name as the predecessor? People don't want to talk about that. I mean, the Patriot Act is so insidious by permitting FBI agents to do this. The government's own records show it was done 167,000 times, 25 percent of those times. It didn't have anything to do with the war on terror. It was FBI agents just too lazy wow. to develop the evidence and go before a judge in an ordinary bank robbery or drug uh, prosecution case, and they just, for the heck of it, wrote their own search warrant. Now, you may say, if these guys show up at my door with their own search warrant, I'll go to Jerry Johnson, I'll go to Bill O'Reilly, I'll go to Judge Napolitano. Well, Jerry, you can't, because the same Patriot Act that authorizes the self written search warrants makes it a crime for the recipient of the warrant to tell anyone about it. You can't tell a priest a confession. You can't tell your spouse. You can't even tell a lawyer in order to file a complaint or a proceeding to challenge it. You can't even admit under oath in a courtroom in front of a federal judge that you received one of these things or the government will prosecute you.
4: Our guest is Judge Andrew Napolitano. His book is A Nation of Sheep. He's a Fox News legal and judicial analyst. And uh, Judge Napolitano, you are confirming what I remember thinking on 9-11 – uh, the day uh, the towers went down, that everything was going to change and we were going to lose a lot of our freedoms. And in addition to what you've just been discussing, what else? What if, uh, What In what ways has this war on terror been detrimental to freedom?
3: Well, it has caused the American government, excuse me, the American people, the people I refer to as sheep in the title, Penna, to place an inordinate uh, amount of faith in the ability of the government to protect us. And it's caused the government to come back to the Congress time and time after again with a satanic bargain, give us your freedom and we'll keep you safe. It doesn't work. Throughout history, whenever the government has taken freedom away from a class or a group of people, it has not made us safe. It's just made us less safe. But isn't that what the
4: government is supposed to do, especially with regard (laughs) to our foreign enemies?
3: When, When the government takes away the freedoms of Americans, it is not doing its job. The president has argued forcefully and hundreds of times his first job is to keep us safe. He is wrong read the Constitution. His first job is not to keep us safe. It's to keep us free. And if he takes our freedoms away, however well intended that act is, he's not doing his job. There has not been a single instance in American history, you can't name one, Penna, where the national security of the country was adversely affected by too much free speech. So when the government makes it a crime, for you go to go to the press or your lawyer or to a judge and complain about a self-written search warrant all they're doing is making their job easier and taking your freedom away and not keeping you any safe. Okay, speaking
4: of freedom of speech, I want to shift a little bit to another way in which government is curtailing our freedom of speech, and that is passing laws like what we've just seen with regards to hate crimes, to say that a crime uh, gets a worse punishment because of the opinions about a certain group of the perpetrator. What about that?
3: well i don't address that in my book but i have to be a fierce opponent of hate crimes because basically hate crimes criminalize thought if you punch me in my nose and break my nose because you want to pick my pocket you'll get two years in jail if you punch me in my nose and want to break my nose because i'm an italian american you can get five years in jail the broken nose is the same and the crime is the same in both cases you broke my nose Why should you get double the punishment just for your thought? I mean, the government can't fill potholes and can't deliver the mail and doesn't know what illegal aliens are here and who they are and where they live, why should the government be in the position of punishing thought? The last thing in the world we need is thought police, and every time they enact another hate crime, they create another section of the Justice Department, which is basically thought police. Let's Mm. go after people for their thoughts.
1: You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Judge Andrew Napolitano. He's written the book, A Nation of... Of sheep, Judge, let me ask you this question. We've just been talking about all the Republicans and all the Democrats on the previous segment. Let me ask your assessment right now of the Democrats and the Republicans. Who are the the big government politicians in the Democrat campaign cycle? Who are the big government politicians in the Republican pack right now?
3: Well. Okay. Sixteen candidates. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. Save one are the big government types. Only Ron Paul. Yes, uh, respects the Constitution.
1: He's principled that on that. Our
3: rights are truly natural. That is, they're as natural to us as the fingernails on the end of our finger. And the government can't take them away by signing a piece of paper. All the others, from Barack Obama and John Edwards and Hillary Clinton on the left, to Mitt Romney and Fred Thompson uh, on the right. They would enact any law, make any proposal, crush any constitutional liberty, change any tradition, assault any value, because they believe it served the moment. None of those people belong to the old Barry Goldwater wing of the Republican Party, which is a small central government, strong national defense, no wars of offense, only wars of defense, balanced budget, Republicans out of my bedroom and Democrats out of my bank book. Only Ron Paul would give us that kind of a small uh, government. The others are going to spend and tax and spend and tax. It'll just be a, for example, Republican version of big government, which is a war paid for by generations as yet unborn, versus a Democratic version of big government, which is tax and spend and transfer wealth from those who work hard and save hard to those who don't.
1: Well then, Judge, let me ask you this, because if we don't have in either party a top-tier candidate... um that's going to reverse this uh, trend, what's it going to take for Americans to, to wake up, to speak up? I mean, if we're a nation of sheep, are we just doomed to be led over the cliff here by uh, Big Brother? Uh, or do you think something will happen that uh, will cause the pendulum to swing back?
3: Some, at some point, an, enough good people will say enough is enough. You know, in Great Britain, if you stop at a street corner, you're, you're obviously watched by a camera. But in most people don't know that in most street corners in London, there's not, only a micro, uh, there's not only a camera, there's a microphone. So they can hear you speaking. And in some street corners in Great Britain, there's a camera, a microphone, and a megaphone. So you'll actually hear a government bureaucrat saying, the light is still red, don't cross the street. Now, can you imagine a society in which the government so dominates private and personal behavior as to do something like that. When that comes here, I think it will be the last straw, and it will be the duty of Americans to vote out of office an entire system of government that has permitted that to happen to us. Uh,
1: last uh, don't week,
3: hold your breath.
1: we heard in a hearing last week a government official say, uh, no longer can you count on anonymity. What's your reaction to that?
3: Well, I condemn that. He's obviously unfit for, for office. The last time I checked, privacy is still referred to in the Constitution in a half dozen places, and the 60 or 70 Supreme Court opinions, many of which are unanimous, guaranteeing the right of privacy, haven't been changed. What he means is it's easier for lazy people in the government to do their job if they can violate the right to privacy because they don't care about protecting our freedom. They just care about their own power. And a guy like that should not be in the government, and the president who appointed him or allows him to stay there should kick him out.
1: Okay, we're talking to Judge Andrew Napolitano. This is Jerry Johnson Live. Judge Napolitano has written the book, A Nation of Sheep. Uh, This show is about the Christian worldview. Of course, the Bible says in the New Testament, we're sheep, but we need a shepherd. But we've got to watch out for the wolves, especially the wolves in sheep's clothing. So we're going to be talking about that theme when we come back. Are you concerned about big government in the war on terror? Have we ceded over too much authority to the government? Big Brother, he's watching you. Maybe more than you know. We'll find out when we come back. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter from Criswell College. We're with Judge Andrew Napolitano. He's written the book, A Nation of Sheep. You need to go out and get this book and understand it. We'll be right back.
0: Listening to Jerry Johnson live now. Here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Crystal College and Crystal Communications.
3: And uh, now I understand
0: he's uh, very much approves of the uh, Supreme Court taking jurisdiction of this Washington D.C. case, which most uh, Second Amendment advocates think will establish that the Second Amendment means what it says.
1: All right, that's Fred Thompson. He's running for president, and he's criticizing Rudy Giuliani when he was mayor he wanted to limit gun ownership possession and now giuliani speaking as if he supports The right to keep and bear arms.
4: Well, in every debate and in all these political uh, discussions, we're going to hear about gun control because of uh, this. The case that's going to be before the Supreme Court, the D.C. Circuit overturned Washington D.C.'s gun ban. And our guest right now is uh, Andrew Napolitano. He's the author of A Nation of Sheep. He's also you'll see him on Fox News. You can see him on uh, Fox and Friends once a week, and also on The Big Story with John Gibson and uh, Brian and the Judge. So you can uh, really. Really kind of get the benefit of the wisdom of this legal mind and Judge Napolitano I want to bring up the issue of gun control because you are a real protector and advocate for the Constitution and this could be a really good thing if the Supreme Court actually uh, uh, overturns this DC gun ban couldn't it
3: well you know normally when the Supreme Court would take a case on gun control certainly in the past 70 years one would have fretted and said, Well, here they go again. Right. This is the left's least favorite <laughs> amendment. They're going to find some way to cut holes in it. But we have a different Supreme Court this time around. I have every reason to believe that they're actually going to affirm the decision of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, which not only kicked out the D.C. gun ban, but affirmed in an unambiguous way what those of you in the great Lone Star State have known. For 125 years.
0: That's right. That
3: is, that the right to keep and bear arms is a personal, natural right, just like the right to free speech and the right to free exercise of religion and the right to privacy and the right to travel. And the government can't take that away. It's part of your ability to protect yourselves. The dirty little secret of the Second Amendment is this it was not written to protect hunters' rights. It was written to put the fear of God in the government, Yes. so that if they don't do their job and they begin destroying natural, the natural rights and liberty uh, of the people, the people have the right to take the government back. flip side of that is there are parts of the government that can't do their job. You can't have a cop in your house 24-7, but you can certainly have a trusty weapon that you know how to use in your house 24-7, which will be better than any cop. This Supreme Court, I don't think, is going to take those rights away, even though the liberals who've been running D.C. for time immemorial have taken that right away from the good people that live
1: there. Judge Napolitano, final question. I mean, you've been a prophet crying in the wilderness, critiquing uh, the U.S. courts and particularly um, the Congress and the executive branch. But uh, would you comment for a moment on our system versus other countries? I'm looking at this Saudi rape case this woman raped by seven men. She has been sentenced to six months. She has been sentenced to 200 lashes. She was the rape victim. Um, what are your thoughts on that case and really comparing American justice to what we see around the world?
3: Well, it's critical, Jerry, as critical as I have been of the American system of justice. It's obviously the best and the fairest there is. I mean, it is, it is based theoretically on the natural rights of the individual and on the obligation of the government to do what we call due process, which is to be fair, which is to make sure the law makes sense, which is to make sure the law produces a fair result, and which is to make sure that the prosecution of the laws produces a truly just result, that the guilty are punished, that the innocent are not set free, but that the innocent that the innocent are set free and the innocent are not punished. The the Saudi thing just blows one's mind that the victim of a crime could be punished by the government. But that's not a government based on Judeo-Christian principles no. of natural law. That's a government based upon, I own the land, I'm going to rename the country after my own family, and I'll write whatever law I want.
1: Judge Andrew Napolitano's written the book A Nation of Sheep. We want to thank you for being with us, and we look forward to having you back.
3: Guys, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having
1: me. All right. Well, we want to keep following this um, Saudi rape case Mm -hmm. story. But, you know, I I think it's important. We've just come out of Thanksgiving, and the judge says, you know, for all of our faults and foibles here in the United States, we have the best system going. Reminds me, sometime uh, a long time ago, Winston Churchill was asked about democracy, and he said it was absolutely the worst form of government. Democracy, the worst form of government, except for all the others that had been tried. (laughs) And so we've got to remember, with all the problems, we're still, I think... In the greatest, freest uh, nation on earth. And for that, we should give thanks to God.
4: You know, we didn't get to talk to him about uh, what's been happening in our courts, which is relying on foreign law, the Mm -hmm. laws of other nations. And we have the greatest legal system in the world. But it is good to have people who are like watchmen on the wall, like Judge Napolitano and others who are saying, okay... We are getting away from the Constitution, and we are eroding our constitutional protections. You know, we need to stop that. We need to cut ourselves short and stop doing that. If we continue to do that, and we are free to do that in this country, then we can maintain uh, some of these tenets of free speech and freedom of religion.
1: Other and freedoms. I, you know, what I like about him also is that uh, he seems truly objective. He's not uh, beholden to any party here. Equally, equally critical of Republicans and Democrats. And that's what we've tried to do here on this program. And um, going back to the Saudi cape, so mm-hmm. I, we are going to follow this case, and that is uh, this woman who was raped by seven men has been sentenced to six months in prison and sentenced to 200 lashes for being alone in a car with a man. Uh, not fully dressed. Now, when they say not fully dressed, that means you don't have a mask on your face, essentially. So she, some of her face was showing, and maybe her arms were showing. So she
4: was gang raped. He was also basically, I think, raped. They were. They took them away. They got in the car, took them away, abused both of them. Uh, these perpetrators were punished, but she also gets this punishment because she violated Sharia law.
1: And there's really been an outrage over this in the United States over the last uh, week. And uh, the best that they can do right now is the Saudi government just today is, uh, you know, revealing more dirt on this woman, essentially. And they they thought, well, this will certainly change the way the Americans view the case. (laughs) They're calling her adulteress because she was alone in the car with the man. And because she wasn't, quote, dressed, which again means she essentially didn't have a mask on her face, you know, and long sleeve shirt on. And uh, they think that will change our opinion on this case. And what I want to know is, where is the National Organization for Women? Where yeah. where are the women's rights group? Where are the human rights? Where's the Human Rights Watch and the Human Rights Campaign? And where are all the human rights people and all of the women's groups right now in our dealings with the Saudis? Well, you don't hear them. They're absolutely silent. And I think it shows a kind of, really, hypocrisy on on their part, that um, they're not willing because of um, pluralism and diversity and in the name of tolerance, you know, this is a different religion, this is a different culture, and we're not going to be critical. But uh, I don't see a moral equivalency between the Judeo-Christian culture. And the judge uh, referenced this a moment ago. You've got in America a culture— informed by the Judeo-Christian revelation of the Old and the New Testament. And you have, in Islam, uh, a culture, if you want to call it that, that treats women, you know, like slaves and like property and uh, like criminals even when they're raped. And I don't think there is a moral equivalency at all. Well, we are also talking today about uh, the presidential race, And uh, it is getting ugly. I'm looking at a headline here, Obama in Iowa. The gloves are off. He's hitting Hillary on credibility, on electability, and on the record. Now, Oprah Winfrey is going out to campaign for Barack Obama. That's kind of interesting. And you may know that Barack Obama has pulled ahead four to five points in Iowa. And another interesting thing has happened this week, and that is... Uh, several of the Republican frontrunners are polling ahead of Hillary nationwide. So Hillary certainly slipping. And uh, we've got a big debate coming up this week between the uh, Republican nominees. It'll be the YouTube debate. We'll probably get the silly questions from the snowmen and uh, so forth again. But, uh, folks, these primaries are now just, what, six weeks away. And it's very possible that in eight to ten weeks, you are going to know that the president will either be one or the other. That is, the Republican Mm -hmm. and the Democrat candidates could be set in less than eight to ten weeks. Now is the time to get informed and to be involved.
4: You know, what you just mentioned, uh, this new poll that's out that says Hillary Clinton would lose to all major Republican White House candidates, which is very interesting, I think, because... There were a lot of Republicans, and even uh, with Pat Robertson giving the endorsement to Rudy Giuliani, who were saying the only Republican that can beat Hillary is Rudy Giuliani, so we have to swallow our pro-life sensibilities, and we have to support him so that we can beat Hillary. This is what Republicans, some Republicans were saying. I think that wisdom is beginning to... uh, dismantle, it's, it's disintegrating, because we're seeing all the candidates, even Romney and Huckabee, beating Hillary in this new poll, and of course, even her, uh, her opponents are still behind her, but they beat her in these polls, and so it's very, very interesting. The race is changing, and it does point up the fact that people have a voice, they can get involved, we're in a primary season, it doesn't last much longer, in Texas it lasts until March. So people can get involved and they ought to think about what issues are important to them and not electability is important, but it's not the only thing.
1: All right. If you want to weigh in on what Napolitano said, particularly about all of the candidates, I thought that was very interesting that all the Republicans and all the Democrats really had this uh, big government mentality taking away our rights. You can give us a call at 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Uh, When we come back, we're going to listen to a little bit of sound from The Golden Compass, a new movie coming out. Why should you be concerned about this movie? Also, a global warming update, and we'll be previewing uh, Pat Buchanan, for instance, coming back to Jerry Johnson Live next week.
0: College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1 800 899 0012 or on the web go to chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. There is a world where witches rule the northern skies where ice bears are the bravest of warriors and where
1: every human is joined with an animal spirit who is as close to them as their own heart. Are we going to see
0: the child? I yes, should think so.
1: But this world is dominated
3: by the magisterium, which seeks to control all humanity.
1: All right, that's enough of that right there. The Golden Compass is a movie that's coming out this month. And did you hear that line? The world dominated by the magisterium that seeks to control humanity. That's the key in that trailer. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College with Pentadexter. And this movie is coming out December 7th. We're going to be right on top of this with more details to come and in, in, in days to follow. But this movie is a movie against the church. Against Christianity and against the existence of God, you say, "Well, I don't think it's going to be in this movie." Well, actually, you can you can get that right out of the trailer. But in fact, this is part of a, uh, this this movie is based upon a three book series mm-hmm. where this author says essentially his purpose, his goal, is to kill off God, to exterminate God, to eliminate God. It's the trilogy,
4: uh, His Dark Materials, and uh, they've actually been very popular. And you know, the star is James Bond, the new James Bond, Daniel. Uh, Craig, he at least has a, a leading role in the movie, and it's very beautiful, uh, beautifully presented, attractive. It's jumping off on the popularity of the Chronicles of Narnia, and really, uh, it's a warning I think uh, to parents. Little kids probably should not see this movie because they could definitely be influenced by this. In this uh, particular movie, God isn't killed, but in the last book in the trilogy, right. he's killed. It's really an atheistic uh, message, and uh, you have you mentioned, or we we heard mention. In in the trailer, of this animal that was attached to the person. And these are called D-A-E-M-O-N-S, pronounced demons. But they're an animal spirit that (laughs) is uh, basically a guide for the children. So is this, you know... It's really not the kind of thing I think young children ought to be influenced by. And the beauty and the majesty of it will just be another, you know, sort of influencing factor. Right, a hook.
1: Well, stay tuned. More on this to follow. Well, we've got David on the line from Dallas. We've been talking about presidential candidates. We've also been talking about uh, First Amendment rights and how big government taking away our liberties. David, thank you for calling. What's your view?
3: Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to pick up on something that the judge mentioned uh, when he was referencing Barry Goldwater uh, during that during that sentence. <laughs> right. He mentioned this. He said these words: finding a Republican that'll stay out of their bedroom. And uh, I think you know what he's referring to. Yes. Is, is the liberals. Um, and I just wanted to point that out, at least express my opinion, and to to um, yes. remind your remind your listeners that 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 isn't at all what they that what the liberals want they 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 want to go beyond that they they don't they aren't happy with just letting it be in the bedroom they want to start teaching first and second and third graders that that deviant and alternative lifestyles are acceptable so
1: so the question it, isn't what's in the bedroom what's in the classroom yeah and i think you're right and i think you know we let the judge get away with that slogan it's a nice slogan stay out of the bedroom But, uh, in fact, that's really not been the issue. I don't know anyone who's been prosecuted, for instance, on the old sodomy laws in a long time. In fact, Texas uh, sodomy law was ruled unconstitutional about four or five years ago, as I recall. Uh, That's really not the issue now. It's whether or not this lifestyle will be recognized publicly, given special status, special rights. And uh, so I don't think there's an equivalency there. But I I think you're wise, David, in bringing that Mm -hmm. up because— um, that is a slogan that we hear today, but in fact, I don't think the Republican Party now uh, stands to say, um, you know, we want to be in the bedroom and, and uh, make this or that illegal. They just don't.
4: But the gay agenda tends to inform public policy and actually curtail free speech. That's where it's go- it's that's leading exactly now. Right. And also, I think that uh, that statement can be applied to the abortion issue. And that's why, you know, I had to ask him about uh, government protecting us, because there is a role for government. And we talk about it on the show often. And it's to protect innocent human life and also pr- to protect
1: the Marriage, country from yes.
4: enemies. And, and so, in a sense, uh, in that area, government does have to be involved, and it's in, been involved in the wrong way in allowing a, uh, abortion to be legal. And so, uh, you know, there are certain roles, and you can't go all the way to libertarianism or you do have, you know, Well, and I think murder.
1: that's actually where Ron Paul runs into problems, mm-hmm. uh, and perhaps the judge would too. If we would have had an entire hour to talk this out, at some point, Ron Paul and the judge would, I think, struggle with the proper role of government to protect marriage as the basic institution here in the country for the family, for the home, uh, and uh, protect human life. Mm -hmm. Now, Ron Paul is pro-life, but at some point that libertarian principle uh, rubs up against that right to life, and uh, that's something to— to talk about more. Thank you, David, for that insight. Very important. We've got Red on the line from Richardson. Red, thank you for calling. What's your thought?
2: Hey Jerry, this is Brad.
1: Brad, Brad. Yes. Sorry.
2: Listen, I uh, I just wanted to make a comment. First of all, I, I'm not really much of a, a political activist, and I take it to heart, like the the Anabaptists did in the in the Puritan times when they said, you know, the my kingdom, yes. when the Lord referred to my kingdom is not of this world. Yes. And sometimes we get very involved in things as a Christian community that I sometimes think is really a distraction away from the gospel. On, on another issue, I am very, very pro-interested in the very man that you just spoke of, and that's Ron Paul. And, yes. and so, so was your, uh, uh, guest. your guest. And the reason I am is because I feel like his book is correct. We are sheep. We do not even realize when our rights have been taken away from us. We don't even realize it. And, as, and, and to show you that, how often do you speak about Ron Paul? How often do you hear people talk about Ron Paul? Yeah. They talk about the, the big government guys. They talk about the, the ones that the media forces on us. Even radio talk shows, they fall in the same category. They fall into mm-hmm. the, we follow after the main media, whatever's pressed down our, uh, our TV sets. We, we listen to that. So my point is, as a Christian, I'm not very actively politically but I am very interested in retaining the rights that our forefathers brought to this land, and it's not going to be done by big government, and it's not going to be done by those carrying flags. And and look, I'm I'm. We're about out of life. time,
1: Brad. We've just about out of time. Can you finish up?
2: Yes, I, I I'm pro life. I'm I'm all the things that, that that we we stand for. But but I think it's good for us all to remember that what Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this. Thanks,
1: world. Brad. That is important. Now uh, the. Um... The kingdom of God and the church are not dependent upon the survival of the United States of America. And I'll put this another way. Um, What America really needs is not the right president. What America really needs is revival and renewal. But, in fact, this show is about the Christian worldview. And Jesus said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And uh, this is representative government. Uh, it would be different if we were in a dictatorship. But in the United States, it's a government of the people, by the people, for the people. And that means every person, including Christians, are involved in what is called self-government, representative government. And that means Christians are obliged to get in and get their hands dirty in this political mess we're in. And that's why you have Jerry Johnson Live. We'll be with you tomorrow.
0: You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian Worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.